This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Supercross talk. By the way, can I give Greg credit? Greg doesn't get credit on this show very often. I was going to say, maybe basically never. Great job pronouncing Woj's name correctly. Thank you. Wojnowski Wojnowski. is how you say it. Yes. When I used to work over at Fox, they made it very clear it's War Janowski. Yeah, War Janowski. He actually said it to us when he came um, to ESPN. I was still working with Keyshawn and LZ back then in the morning. And and he, Keyshawn asked, how do I say your name right? And then he said it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so get, a lot of Thank people you. say Wojnarowski or whatever, but you got it right, Greg. Good job, Thank Greg. you. I appreciate that, Horse Sedano. Jorge Sedano. You screwed the dismount up, Greg. I just give you some credit. I know. constructive criticism and then a little bit of love. You see, that's the way you do it. Like parenting right there. Very nice job. Yeah, so I'm the good parent, you're the bad parent? I guess. I mean, I thought that the constructive criticism is better than just outright criticism. (laughs) No, it was good. It was good constructive criticism, Kathy. I just wanted more, Greg. Yeah, he just basically in the nicest way possible told you to go to hell. No, No, the nicest way possible. He's saying he enjoyed my game. Loved the game. Wanted more of it. All right, go ahead, Wanted more questions. Sorry. Um, So I don't know. I hate when anybody gets hurt. Yeah, sure. And I'm getting a lot of stuff on Wait, my... are there people on the other side of that? Like, I want... No, there actually yeah. might be, actually. Ma- Steve Mason. No way! This is what Mason... I can understand, like, a crazy person no, on no, no. Twitter, but his... This is what Steve Mason would say. He wants the easiest road to success that he can have. So he basically wants the G League teams to play. He doesn't root, <laughs> he doesn't root for anybody to get hurt. That's not, what, that's not what he's saying, but... If they do. He can't control it. Yeah. So if... Kevin Durant goes down and Luka Doncic goes down and Brandon Ingram goes down all on the same night, which was the case last night. He'll take that as a tremendous stroke of luck. I'm having trouble getting there. I don't oh my know. God. That's exactly right. Wait a minute. You're, you're there, Cap? You wrote for percent. You're basically okay with injuries? I'm, see, I'm no. disappointed that I want. I, I've got I a game. I see everybody in, at full strength. Yeah, I got no, a yeah. game in New Orleans on Tuesday, and I now may have. No Zion and, and no, no Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Right. And CJ McCollum already playing banged up. And, like you just mentioned, George, the Suns have one more game against the Lakers this year. It's on the 23rd at Crypto.com Arena. I was really looking forward to seeing the Suns with Durant. Yeah. Now, if Mason were here, what he would say is, good. Yeah. They're not there. Gives us a better chance to win. That's we, right. Every game is a must win. I'll take it. That's yeah. right. I'm Kath, with Mason. You're there. So you're, yeah, you're celebrating why. other teams' injuries? I, I don't know if I'd call it celebrating. Here's what I'm saying, though. So when we look at the schedule and we talk about what it's going to take for the Lakers to get into the playoffs, forget about the play-in. I'm talking about getting up into the top six. You know, they do have some really tough games ahead, and you would look at Phoenix with Kevin Durant and you would say that's one of the tougher games. They might have a really hard time winning that game. But without Durant, I would ask you guys this question. Do the Lakers have a better chance of beating the Suns if Kevin Durant is not playing? Sure. Of course. Well, then that's good for the Lakers. Yeah, but I hate I hate seeing anybody Look, get hurt man. anywhere. Yeah, you didn't wish this. him to get hurt. I, I not celebrate. I, him I never hurt. Yeah, I never root for injuries. But the idea that well, other teams haven't been like, well, we'll take it when LeBron's not there or AD isn't there or both of them yeah. aren't there. It's, it's just it's part of sports. I, I, I think John just wants to see what the Lakers would look like at full strength against a Suns team. Th- there's at full a strength. there's a difference between 
the best entertainment value, which yeah. is the game at full give me strength. The, give me every team. Right, versus Healthy. the ramifications of the win or the loss. So let me ask you this, because Stan Van Gundy and Jeff Van Gundy have pointed this out now, both on separate broadcasts, that we live in an era where there's more information um, on injuries, and, and I get being more cautious about it, but guys are now getting more are getting hurt more uh, at the same time, which is just kind of a weird dichotomy there. Like, what do you... Like, how do you handle that? Like, what is is there a way? And by the way, it's not just the NBA, the NFL. Clearly, quarterbacks right. are not playing as much as they used My, to either. Michael Thompson has a theory on this, Cappy, that I'm I'm curious to get your opinion on. Michael says the reason all these guys are getting hurt, and like you say, George, it's not just in basketball. Basketball, it's right. in every sport, is that these kids get identified at a young age as being like when you're 10 years old. That kid's an unbelievable football player. That kid's an unbelievable basketball player. That kid's an unbelievable baseball player. And then they marry themselves to that sport. They yeah. go into travel teams and you know uh, club teams and AAU teams and whatever it is. So they're using, this is Michael's theory, they're using the same muscles, exact same muscles, 12 months a year. Yeah. When Michael grew up, he said, I played basketball during basketball season. When the season ended... I put my basketball shoes in a closet. I played tennis. Or I swam. Or whatever. I right. did yep. everything but play basketball. And when basketball season came back around, I picked it back up. But I was, in essence, I was cross-training, using my other muscles, playing tennis, playing golf. I agree. Doing other stuff. Cap, d- does Michael's theory hold water? Uh, I think that the specialization of kids at young ages definitely hurts them i mean george didn't you and i just have a conversation recently about uh, like pitchers and and well you know, it started Tommy off because uh, baxter holmes of espn wrote a story and interviewed like dozens and dozens of people about aau basketball creating um an issue where it's why we're dealing with so many injuries um and he again he interviewed like 30 40 people basically involved in the nba involved in the league office involved doctors uh, people on the AAU circuit, et cetera, about how they're playing so many damn games, right? AAU all from year a, from a very small age, all year long. That it's the same point that you and were saying about Michael that you're you're creating these injuries before you're getting it. Lonzo Ball w- had an injury that was supposed to only last him maybe f- four to six weeks. He's missed an entire season. Like something is wrong. Zion, here. same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Zion too. Yeah, I mean Lonzo. He was dealing with injuries basically since the moment he entered the league. Right. And, you know, I wonder, too, this is a theory of mine. I've actually asked a sports injury uh, expert about this, and he thought there was at least some validity. I think today's NBA that is so spread out where you have to cover, oh, cover so more much space. ground. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a factor in all this. Also, Paul George was on a podcast recently, and he was talking about how he thinks the lack of practice. Wait, Paul George was on one? Did this come up? Toilets! It, it was toilets did not come up. It was before the big announcement. Okay, yeah. it was before right. Balmer looped him in about Got the it. toilets. Yeah. But uh, that he thinks the lack of practice actually hurts them in terms of just building up endurance, yeah. building up muscle. I agree. Like he said earlier, practice. Pat Riley's talking going, about yeah, practice. Three hours. Let's go. Yeah. Hey so, John, um, you know that whole thing about toilets yesterday with Steve Ballmer? Yeah. Did you happen to catch or uh, any of those toilets? Back to our conversation. Are any of them Totos? I don't know. I don't. Nice. I doubt that you would put a Toto in an arena. I mean, something to think about. Maybe in the executive suites. Right. Yeah, he probably has a Toto. Or like in the suite section. If you put a Toto in the suites. What is, what is a Toto? 
You, it's those fancy uh, seat warmer with the bidet a, attached seat, to it. It's a seat that. warmer that rinses, as Cappy would say, your tuchus. That's right. So no, no, no need, I wouldn't say that. I would say your tuchus. Yeah. So you need limited amounts of toilet paper. You just need to toilet paper for drying purposes. Right. Yeah. Nothing else. Takes right. care of the business for you. Sure. No, and absolutely. there is a blow dryer, so if you don't want to use the toilet paper because you're really environmentally conscious, yeah. but I still I still dry it off with the paper. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you guys about something else. Uh, as you know, I'm the last person on Russell Westbrook Island. You're still there? Yeah, I'm the only one. Hmm. I'm like uh, on there with a volleyball named Wilson, and yeah. there are no other oh, people. Russell, 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 no, no, this the case, volleyball yeah. says yeah. Brody. Yeah. Um, he did something the other day that, as the lone member of the Russell Westbrook fan club, I would have strongly discouraged him against. Yeah. What do you do? There was, they were playing a game in Sacramento, and Russ made a good play, and he did his, cel- his rock the baby celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next time down, Somebody beat him off the dribble, and a fan did the rock the baby celebration to Russ. Oh, no. no. And Russ had the fan thrown out. Oh, come on. Give me a break. No, he did not. That's what I I heard. That's weak. If that's all that happened. But here's here's the thing. Hey, that guy, he did the rock the baby. Get him out of here. Right. So what I would say is why call any attention to that fan? You don't even have to pretend that you saw him. You just let him do his own thing. I mean, I would never... Give a somebody that was give, giving me a hard time, I'd never give them the satisfaction of letting him know they got to me. I would just ignore him. But why would the referees say, okay, because you, the player, are telling us that that guy right there did something that bothered you? It's an automatic expulsion, expulsion, whatever. We're kicking you out of the game. I don't, nec- I don't necessarily think it's necessarily the game referees, but it's the people that run security. the building. Yeah, it's security. Like he they mentioned, do instant replay on that, man. Yeah, so I think that he meant, normally, if you ever affect a participant at something you're at, if one of the actors wants you removed at a play, if one of the athletes wants you removed at a game, they'll they'll move you. Now, they'll at least it, take you out of your seat for a second. What if he said rock the baby? What if he did the rock the baby, but actually said something really nasty? It's different. Because that's possible. Yeah. But most so of sensitive. Russ, right? Goodness. But it depends on what he does. He rocks the baby to. Okay. He can be rock. All you see because it's a loud arena is him rocking the baby. What if he's saying some nasty, vile bleep to you while I, he's doing okay. that? Okay. Obviously, there are lines you shouldn't cross, and Russ in particular has dealt with a lot of line crossing from fans. So I understand if he's sensitive to this. That being said, though. Russ is among the most antagonizing bleep talking players in the league. You got to have thicker skin. No, he if, don't. If you're going to be rocking the baby every time you score a layup, which is something you're supposed to be doing anyway, like you can't have this both ways, man. That is so lame. And by the way, you know how like when LeBron had those people kicked out, I think it was in Atlanta, and everybody was like, oh, Karen got kicked out of the game for talking smack to to LeBron. There's got to be a nickname for soft players. There's got to be a Karen for soft players. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's Darren or what, but there's got to be another nickname. Right, but what if, what, again, you still haven't answered my question. What well, if he's, what is what if he's rocking the baby, but he says some vile, nasty yeah. bleep yeah, to obviously, him? They're, they're, and all you're seeing is him doing the rock the baby, but you don't hear whatever was maybe was said. It would, it would be helpful if Russ would explain what right. was said. Right. Well, you're saying the what if, but George, you got to understand something. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. 
And I didn't even know about it. Well, I'm watching John it on the Ireland internet. I did the thing you told Greg to do is Google. And, yeah, so what what, and what have you discovered? So I'm, all, all I see is just the video of him pointing out the person. And the, you don't even see. This is after the fact. And is, is he pointing him out to a stadium, an stadium arena security. worker? Yeah, not, a, yeah. not a, a game official. Yeah, and you don't see... You you don't even see the fan until he's walking off. Like you don't you don't see what was what the exchange was. Um, so to me, like without knowing what the exchange was, I'm not going to go out there and call anybody a baby. Don't uh, lock the baby, George. Yeah, it seems. A, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm a player, I would never let them know they got to me. Well, no, but there you also as a player should not have lines crossed. I mean, you're you're not. You're not a plaything out there. You're not. Yeah, you're but not, if I'm in my seat doing this, rocking the again, baby. Again, if, it, if it's just rocking the baby, then then Russ, yes, then that's that's overly sensitive. But if he's saying some nasty, vile things while he's doing that to you, right, that's. I mean, we don't know because we can't hear the audio, and we, right. he, and to Andy's point, he hasn't said what the hell was actually said. Do you guys agree? I was I was talking earlier in the show that I think NBA officials in 2023 are too quick with technical fouls. Cap, what do you think? The referees are too quick with yeah. techs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but this gets back to the entire thing that we started with, with Fred Van Fleet, you know, yep. and and how things get personal and how referees are people. And, you know, if they don't like a player or that player said something to them last time, it's no different than an umpire. You know, umpire says, hey, I, I call this guy out on strikes and the ball was not even close to the strike zone, but it's personal. I freaking hate all refs in every game at every level. Because they all are, they all take things way too personally. You know, just officiate the game. Like you guys were mentioning all these referees' names earlier today, and Andy, you were like, that's the first time I heard of that guy. I mean, yeah, we know some of these refs' names, but gosh, I wish I didn't know any of their names. I wish I called them all Zebra, right? Because they all got on the, uh, the black and white shirt and, oh, yo, what's up, Zebra? But I don't want to know their names. I'm with Fred Van Fleet. Nobody came to see you, they came to see me. Um, all right, I'm completely going to throw a curveball here in the bam, couple bam, of minutes bam, we have left. Robert Blake just died, the guy yeah. who played Beretta. Oh, no. Um, in cold old, blood, too. Yeah, oh, in cold blood. Yeah. Beat a murder rap, a very, like, he was accused of, right. if his wife was killed. At and, Vitello's, uh, right? Yeah, yes. out in Studio City, yeah. right, right across this from Channel 2 where yeah. I used to work. What's his legacy, Andy? Is it is it the murder rap that he beat? Is By it the Beretta? way, Vitello's is still a great restaurant. Is it in cold? <laughs> is it in cold night. blood? What when when if, if you're uh, writing his obituary today, what's in the first sentence? Honestly, this is pretty easy to answer because Deadline has the article up and it has Beretta in cold blood beat real life murder rap. It's all in the first sentence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, it's hard to separate. You, you can't yeah. separate it. Okay, so that's one thing I wanted to bring up. The other thing is, have you guys been following this standoff in Compton? Yeah, I was watching no. it at home when I was no. home. It is still going on. the guy was going basically on. taking uh, gas, right? He was, su- he was sucking, sucking on, on a balloon, and so uh, Andy thinks he was doing whippets. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's sucking on the helium. On the, yeah. The, the actual well, not, canister. Not, not helium. No, uh, right. Nitrous. Uh, nitrous. The <laughs> helium's just funny. No, but, no, right, right. So he nitrous, was driving. Right. He was driving. He had around. the canister. Yeah. <laughs> they tried a pit maneuver on him like three times, just try and spin him around. He jumped two medians. He's been chasing. And he finally drove to a place where he can't. Cornered. Yeah, he can't go anywhere else. But he won't get out of the car. Right. They actually threw a gas canister in the car and he threw it back out. Right. <laughs> um, and this started, guys, when we were in crosstalk with Travis and Sliwa. And it's still, there? still going. Wow. Yeah, he's still. How yeah. does this end? I mean, I don't know. How many whippets does he have? <laughs> uh, or, I mean, like, I guess bathroom isn't a problem. You just go in the car. Yeah, right. Um, but I've he's going to. I mean, there's like 15 guys pointing a gun at him. Oy vey. 
I mean, he knows how this is this is essentially going to end. Like, there's only, unfortunately, a couple of ways this, this. going to end, and eventually they will just wait him out. All right. Well, I, I, I'm I'm very confident it will come to an end during Sedano and Cap. So uh, we'll let you stay tuned. Could you for imagine that. if it doesn't? And we're I still. Know, right? I mean, jeez. I gotta yeah, watch this. By I'm the way, I got a great question. Oh, we're we're done. Go ahead. Jamie Lee Curtis. This just popped up on my uh, yeah. on my Twitter. Wonders why artists don't have concerts during the day rather than at night. Why are there no matinee concerts? I'm not going to go see Coldplay if they start their show at nine o'clock at night. <laughs> if there's an opening act, I want to hear Coldplay at one p.m. Uh, well, Jamie festivals. Lee. There's festivals yeah. during the day. I, I would I would answer this way. People have jobs. What about during the weekends, though? Yeah, I mean, you could. But to me, it seems like concerts at I night like, are more fun. I like day drinking now way more yes. than I like to drink at night. I, you, can I tell you, you this? I'm, I'm a terrible day drinker. Really? I'm just hammered well, by 6 a, o'clock. No, and, that's nice. You have Go a difficult home. time not falling asleep with no alcohol. I know. And so, and then I'm all messed up for the next day. And no, but that's actually better because you get through the actual right. hangover earlier in the day, even before you go to bed. I love day drinking. Just pay some more Gatorade after, and you're good. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, all right, uh, that wraps up. Cross that's why I was I was doing it, and Bergman's yelling in my ear. Yeah. Coors Light. I have Coors Light in my hand. Did you think well, I was I did just not doing see it, it in your hand? And everybody forgets. So everybody I was thought you forgot. Cross talk is presented by Coors Light, keeping Southern <laughs> California chill all season long. ESPN LA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Bing, bada, bop. Boo, bada, beep. Dee, da, da, Boo, bada, bop. Dee, bop, pick a doom, bada, bop. Bing, bada, boo, bada, bop. Pick a doom, da, da, bop, da, bop. Let me hear some reviews, George, of our competitors and what you saw out there today. I still feel like we're going to be just fine, you and I. Yeah. Yeah, feeling That's what I will say. I will just leave it at that. I thought everyone performed well. But I still, I went from, uh, as you know, I went from you're having too much bravado to feeling better about our chances Mm -hmm. to like still feeling fine about our chances. Not that I think we're going to win, but I, I, again, we're not going to embarrass ourselves. I feel like you and I are going to be fine. How did Beto hold up? Beto played much better today. Because last night, if you were watching any of the Clipper game, you know, Beto seemed to be putting him down behind the Clipper bench. Yeah, he played much better today, I thought. Really? And he wasn't, and then, like, sweating vodka? No. Well, he might have been. But uh, we also played some singles, too, which was fun. Okay. Um, cover more ground that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we played doubles. We played singles. Right, we, so did a little, we did a little little uh, drills, two-on-one drills. Nice. Uh, you know, did some stuff. 
Now, Beto, you said was fine. Yeah, Clinton was fine. You've said on the air that Clinton like overestimates the kind of athlete. No, he, but he was he good. He actually, again, best I've seen him play. Okay, and then now give me a review on her first timer. At least I think she's a first timer. So Lindsay had a little bit of a learning curve. Is that fair to say, Lindsay? But I thought by the end she she I mean, started to feel it. I played one other time before, and it wasn't even really like playing. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think that I did I did a pretty good job. Has yeah, I thought she. I thought Lindsay by the Pickleball? end she she was she was starting to feel it. Okay, so should I call her LP rather than LB? I mean, I don't know. It's up to you. I don't know. I mean, what Lindsay, you do you now want to change your Twitter handle to Lindsay Pickleball? No, I'm playing for the tournament. And that's it, huh? Yeah. And that's it. Your 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 career as a pickleball player ends at the end on March 18th. I mean, not to say never, never, never say never, but you know, I don't see myself taking a pickleball pickleball full time anytime you soon. Know, she's not like Tom Brady. She's not going to just post pictures of like a, her kitten or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like, all right. Hey, George. I think the next thing we need to do, though, in terms of our preparation mm-hmm. for this whole event, yeah. Is uh, it's it's great to get out and practice, you know, and it's good to get out and do some one on one, do some drills, a little calisthenics, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's it, it, all good, you know. Did you properly stretch after when it was over with? I don't want you getting hurt, you know. Yeah, I no, you, I stretched before, but I don't yeah. need you blowing out an Achilles on me. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Um, I think the next thing we do in terms of just kind of really preparing our bodies and our minds mm-hmm. is, I think maybe we have to do like an on-site pickleball. Thing like I think we need to go to where the event is going to be on March 18th and play there. Yeah, I think we need to go there and play just so we, you know, get a real sense of, you know, like uh, you know what the place looks like and uh, why. You, ah, it's important, George. I mean, you don't think a pickleball is court is a pickleball court? No, is a pickleball no, no, court? I don't. No, I do not. Okay. No, I don't. It's what? like when you go to a play at SoFi Stadium, you know, there's a whole different optical thing that's happening mm-hmm. to when you go to play at another stadium. Yeah. You know, so you may, you know, I think we should go play where this event is going to go down on March 18th. Hmm. What do you think about that? Mm, that doesn't know, sound man. good to you, huh? You're asking a lot already at this point. Well, I mean, if you really know me, you know I've got an ulterior motive. Yeah, What? What? why do you want to go down there? Well, why do you think? Take I, a guess. I just got an email about from the Lomi. Did you do something to the Lomi? No, my Lomi? Yeah. You got an email from my Lomi. It just said I got, I, it just says Lomi sent me an email, so I just oh. want to know if you did anything to it. All right, well, I don't feel good about the idea that you would be getting information about my Lomi. Okay. There's a bunch of banana peels in there right now, a bunch of coffee grounds. Yeah. Okay. But I think that maybe when we practice this upcoming week... Yeah, what's your ulterior motive? We head up to Fountain Valley mm-hmm. and Miles Square Park. Well, in, your, in my case, it would be down, but to your case, it would That's be That's my up. point. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. meet in the middle this time. <laughs> That's my point. Why do That's I have really to... That's really all you want. Yeah, let's meet in the middle, pal. But mine is pretty picturesque. you got to be honest. Listen, your pickleball court is phenomenal. I will acknowledge that. Phenomenal. It's very, it's very zen out there. Lindsay, would you say it's zen? Yeah, it's definitely... It's, Laura, would you it's say it's very zen? out there. Yeah. It is. It's very zen. It. it is very nice. It's quiet. But, but it's also like 10 minutes from your house and two hours from my house. It's 15, actually. Okay, 15 minutes from your house and two hours and yeah. 35 minutes from my house. But you get you get to be zen. I know, but I've, I've zened. So now come meet me down at Miles <laughs> Square Park in Fountain Valley, pal. Wednesday, it's on. Uh, maybe. Like the break of dawn. I got to figure out what, uh, you know, I got to get back to the podcast. So I got to figure out what I'm doing that schedule-wise. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, you let me know. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the interim. Yes, tell me. Um, let me ask you a quick question here. Go ahead. This Lakers team. Which Lakers team? The one that is currently playing. Okay. I just wanted yeah. to make sure I knew which one you were talking about. Yeah, as in this one. Okay. Yeah. They've got something here. Okay. They got. That I think is the most important thing to their roster at the moment. Okay. Okay, I'm curious. All right, when when you look at particularly how they're winning without LeBron at the moment, mm-hmm. 
even with LeBron when he was playing, but but even especially more so without him. Okay. They've got one thing that they can rely upon, okay, that okay. will serve them well during this next stretch of the next several weeks of the season and perhaps in the postseason. Just saying perhaps. Do you know what that thing is? Well, I don't know what it is because I don't I can't read your mind, but I am gonna be curious to hear what you're gonna have to say. It's their defense. You know, I could have I could have come up with that. I mean, I'm just telling. I you. was I thought for sure that's what you were going to say. Right? Maybe you should have said it. Ah, uh, maybe. But the in the ten games that they have played since the trade, mm-hmm. do you want to know where they rank defensively? Sure, tell me. Oh, I think you were sure, like you were going to say, like you were going to guess. No, I mean, you said you asked the question. Do you want? Do I want to know where they rank? My answer yeah. is yes, I do. Yeah. Can you take a guess? Sure. Go ahead. They rank number five overall in the NBA in total defense since the trade went down. Nope. It sounded very confident, though, didn't it? It did. Uh, number three? Nope. Number one? Number no- one. How about that? Yeah. Number one in total defense. Numero uno. Isn't that interesting? And and you know what's really interesting about it is yeah. you say since the trade. Correct. Now think about this. Since the trade, yeah. D'Angelo Russell played about, what, two games? Uh, I believe two or in a, yeah maybe three, but yeah, either way, okay. not very many. So, so D'Angelo Russell has given you very little mm-hmm. thus far. Yes. Um, Mo Bamba is now out. For He's out basically long. for most of the regular season at right. this point. Right, so he hasn't really it's given you much very done. much. Pretty much done, yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt has given you a lot. Oh, he's incredible. I mean, Malik I love Beasley. Vando. Yeah, giving you, giving you some. Malik, yeah. But I, I, I would ask this question. Yeah. Is it, is it the guys that were traded for... Or is it the guys that were already here? No, that now no, have no. J- Jar- Jared Vanderbilt. Had, like when you watch the Lakers play, Jared Vanderbilt covers so much ground for them. Okay, like that dude can literally go from the post to the three point line in like two and a half steps, and they didn't have anything like that. Um, Beasley also a, comp- a more than competent defender. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Hachimura has has in the past has struggled as a defender has been okay but to, but I was going to get to the biggest thing in 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 regards to their defense okay because everyone is focusing on his offense right now yeah. but Anthony Davis mm-hmm. is out of his mind right now for as great as he's playing offensively and he has been incredible offensively mm-hmm. defensively the combination of him and Vanderbilt is out of this world right now as a two man game all right so um so Anthony Davis has taken his game up a notch on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt has made a monster contribution. Incredible. That dude, $4.5 million next year is out of control. Like how good that that that, that dude is for them. Okay, Beasley's yeah. contributed. You yeah. say Rui a little bit. Rui a little better than I anticipated because it was bad at the beginning. But then go into some of these other guys. You know, yeah. that, that was the thing about the trade. Yeah. Is that the trade took guys that were starters that shouldn't have been starters, yeah. frankly, mm-hmm. and now these guys don't have to play starter minutes. So I'm, I guess I'll throw some some names at you here. I mm-hmm. mean, Austin Reeves. How much has he contributed? He's to been this? In, uh, another huge con- contributor, both on defense where he's very good, and offensively. The fact that he gives them, particularly without LeBron, they've basically have been down to one ball handler and Dennis Schroeder. Until Austin Reeves got back and started to take the ball handling duties. And if anything, I actually think he's a better ball handler than Schroeder is. I know people are going to think I'm nuts because Schroeder is looking to attack more. Whereas Austin has been, while he certainly is willing to attack, you know, and and get to the rack, 
he has been really good at setting guys up more so than Dennis has in this stretch. How about a guy like Troy Brown Jr.? Well, he's been knocking down shots, and he's a good defender. He's long, he's rangy, yeah. Okay, I mean, Lonnie Walker comes back. I mean, he Yeah, I mean, Lonnie Walker's been pretty good. Like, I, I, would, I would put him down the, the list, but yeah, he's been, he's been a contributor, sure. All I'm saying is this, okay? You've brought up a very interesting point this afternoon, and probably one that statistically most people who listen did not know, that the Lakers, you say since the trade, is there an official day? like like Ten day? games. Okay, in ten games, mm-hmm. in the last ten games, mm-hmm. Lakers are the number one defensive team in the entire NBA. You've given us the front-line guys, but all these other guys who don't have to play as a starter anymore, they can all contribute in other ways. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm really getting at is yeah. nice team effort. Yeah, so Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt as a combination – are giving up 98.7 points per 100 possessions. If I were to put that into the context, okay, of like how good um, a defensive rating that would be, it yeah, would be need you to interpret this for me. You know, it would be the greatest defense of all time by a wide margin. Go back to the numbers one more time because it's getting a little well actually for I, me. Okay, their defensive rating. Yeah. Is ninety eight point seven, which means that basically, um, it would be ninety eight point seven points per hundred possessions. That's how they attribute defensive rating. So it would basically put the Lakers in like the that that two man combination would put them as a top twenty defense of all time, like one of the greatest defensive combinations ever. Now, granted, they've only played one hundred seventy nine minutes together. It's not a lot. It's a very small sample size theater. But that. But my point is, those two guys on the floor together is out of control. Good on defense. Wow. All right. Well, hey, look, we can all see the results. You know, we, we can all see and how defense travels. This, well, yes, but we, but again, the results are they've been winning games mm-hmm. since this has all happened. Yeah. And by the way, I would say probably the best news in all of it is they're they're really not that different. You know, like people say, oh, don't put it all on on Brody. But really, when you think about it. You know, Beasley, yes. Vanderbilt, yes. LeBron, out. AD, out of his mind. You know, they haven't had D'Angelo Russell. They've gotten virtually no contribution uh, except a three-point shot here or there from Mo Bamba. They lost LeBron. I mean, all I'm saying is is that it's really been two guys of the five that came via the trades because Rui came first. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. It is. It is really good. Their defense has been the key. Anthony Davis has been a monster. I would say that also, obviously, that it's you know it seems, you know, of course you would mention him, but I do think Austin Reeves has been huge for them. I mean, yeah. huge. And I'll huge. tell you, we, we we talked about this during Super Crosstalk. Look, I'm not rooting to see a guy like Kevin Durant get hurt. I don't want to see great players get hurt. Mm-hmm. But I have this guy that I know. He's a pretty smart guy who always has this thing that he says. He says, uh, the future prediction injury thing is about past injury. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. The biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. Yeah, that. Look. thought you were going to put that on a T-shirt. I may. It, it, we talked about this yesterday with Anthony Davis, about how everybody is just expecting him to get hurt at some point. And I was talking yesterday about Kevin Durant. Like, why doesn't he have a very similar reputation? And you were saying because, well, he had a catastrophic injury, et cetera. And then yesterday, right? Anthony Davis has never had a torn Achilles. Like that's that's you know that's a game changer. All I'm saying though is is that 
when you look at the Lakers' schedule and you look at how they're defending, you look at how Anthony Davis is performing and putting this team on his back, Mm -hmm. and you look at Kevin Durant, who's now likely going to be lost possibly for the rest of the season. I know the report earlier a couple of weeks. You know, Luka's got an injury now. Uh, and there are other injuries of teams that are standing in the way of the Lakers getting into this into the top six. Hey, you take it any way you can get it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're rooting or celebrating somebody's injury. Yeah. But if Kevin Durant can't play for the Suns when the Suns play the Lakers and the Lakers have a better chance of winning that game because yeah. he ain't around, tuh, tough. Tough. How about that? By the way, D'Angelo... Back on Friday, according to Darvin Ham, and as you heard, Mo Bamba out at least a month. Uh, coming up next, Cappy. Yeah. I was going to talk about Fred Van Vliet there, actually, mm-hmm. but we're not going to do that because we did it during Crosstalk. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about something that every NBA fan should love. Regardless of who the hell you root for, I don't care if you're a Laker fan, a Clipper fan, or just some other fan because you're a transplant, you should love this. And I'll tell you what this is next. But first, Cappy, tell them about Yamaba. Okay. It would be my absolute pleasure to tell everybody about Yamaba. Hey, look, um, Yamava wants you, and we want you, to be a big winner. Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel is giving away a brand-new 2023 Maserati and $100,000 or $100,000. It's one or the other. Um, you can win. you got to be a lucky Club Serrano member to drive off um, with this brand-new Maserati. But here's what I really want to talk about. As much as we give away cars and we give away money, can everybody please mark your calendar for Thursday March 16th, it's one week from today. It is a complete 7-10 takeover. The entire mishbucha is in the house. You got Travis and Sleed 10 to 1, Mason and Ireland 1 to 4, Shidano and Cap coming up 4 to 7. We're going to be there all day watching all the big college basketball games, doing giveaways and memorabilia. It's going to be a blast. Now, you must be 21 to enter the casino. You must be 21 to participate in all the games. We want everybody to play responsibly. We want everybody to win all the big prizes. But we're looking forward to seeing you all Thursday next week at Yamava. Everywhere. Creation. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. God, I hope this song doesn't get stuck in my head the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. This is one of those annoying songs that just gets stuck. And then all day long, you're like, why the hell am I still singing this thing? Mm-hmm. And then you realize that we played it and just got stuck up there. Noodles around. You can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I'm a Barbie girl. Beep, 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 doo, doo. Beep, 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 doo, Yeah, it's going to happen like that. That sounds like like a two-year-old would say. Beep, 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 doo, doo. Well, that's what you say when you don't know the words. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> I take everywhere. Undress her everywhere. Uh, by the way, uh, the Sedano Cap Circle of Trust, like Dre and a bunch of other people, she has chimed in about day drinking. Day drinking is way better, especially oh, as an adult. Dude, I have I have become a much bigger fan of day drinking than night drinking. Yes, you know I, I really agree. I I tell you, man, I I love it. I I like I could start off with maybe a little mimosa action. I'm willing to move into some rosé. I'm happy to drink like a nice Mexican lager or a Coors Light or like a light beer. I'm willing to go into a little tequila a little late. I mean, listen, I'm not like some major drinker, but I would much rather drink during the day. Give me 12 o'clock in the afternoon till 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, then let me go home and go to bed. Right, and, well, you can you can get the, as uh, as Dre, she points out here, facts, day drinking is the best, pound those electrolytes, take your BC powder, and not wake up feeling like death, LOL. Recovery after 30 is an all-day thing if you're drinking late, which is fair. Oh, Dre, wait, girl. Wait till, wait till you're recovering after 40. Wait or, till you're yeah. recovering after 50. Wait, you're 50? I mean, I'm not. Oh, I mean, I'm not, but mm. I'm just making a point. Okay. 
me. You just you heard. Young guy like me, yeah. you're just making a point. That's yeah. all. You heard that after. I mean, 50. If you think it's tough after thirty, yeah. think about forty and yeah. fifty. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the NBA, right? Yeah. For um, years, people have said, right, the old timers like Michael Thompson. Oh, these guys are too lubby dubby. They're too friendly. They're this. They're that. They're nobody. There's no rivalries anymore. Well. That's starting to turn a little bit, it feels like, at least recently, okay? So you've got the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Dylan Brooks was out there a couple weeks ago. Uh, Lindsey asked us in one of the games we played the other day uh, about something Dylan Brooks said about Draymond, and I kind of just was like, look, Dylan Brooks... <sighs> Dylan Brooks is one Uh-oh. of those... oh wait a second. Quick timeout here. It's 4.35 in the afternoon. We got our first Sedano sigh already. And it wasn't at you. No. I mean, it's like, Dylan Brooks... <sighs> So what I would say is that Dylan Brooks is a nice player in this league. Draymond Green, where he said that he's all, he basically said Draymond Green is only Draymond Green, the way we think about him, because he plays on a championship team, to which I responded that day. I could tell you with assurance that I've talked to multiple teams over the years about how they are they've they kicked themselves for not taking Draymond Green earlier in that draft. He went 35, which was like very early in the second round. Um, there were teams late in the first and early in the second before the Warriors that wanted to take him. They're like, ah, he's not. Re- he's like a tweener. I think we can wait a little later. You know, you cap. You know, you've been in these rooms with these executives before, where they try to outsmart themselves sometimes, right? They're like, yeah, I think I could get him a little later, you know. And they keep trying to push the envelope. Right. And he's not. He's not like he's not six nine, you know. And he and he, but I but he's he's tall. Right. But he doesn't not, like, do anything really enough. well. Yeah, right. You know, he's yeah. not a great shooter. Right. He's not really a score. He doesn't right. pass per se. Yeah. You know, like I mean, like you you talk yourself out of it when you could just look at the results and go, that guy can ball. Right. That guy you watch the tape, Michigan State. The guy was impacted winning in a big way, and he's mm-hmm. doing the same thing at the pro level. So what I said was, Dylan Brooks should only hope that he has a career like Draymond Green's. So apparently, you know, Draymond has his own podcast, as we learned last year during the uh, playoffs, because that was a big topic of discussion, if you recall. So, you know, right? You remember that? Um, yeah, I mean, he was kind of like every time there was something going on in a game, he'd rather like go back to his room and do a podcast rather than like sit around and do, you know, the post game pressers. Right. I mean, that's what people said, but I mean, literally it would just, I don't know, Boston was really good. Right. So I think that played a, a factor in it. So anyway, Draymond clearly is going to hear because everybody hears what everybody says now, uh, what Dylan Brooks said about him. So he actually had a response to Dylan Brooks. I have yet to hear this. This will be the first time I, I'm, I'm going to hear it. I, it's to my virgin ears at the moment. Let me hear it. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you, you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Or maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. So if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive player of the year, you for damn sure would talk more. Two Olympic gold medals, you definitely would be talking because that would mean you you beat Team USA. And we all know how that goes. So gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumbass. Okay, great. His game is cool. If you ever wondered 
why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you, not with you. I, I love every second of what Draymond said there. Like, I, I, I think that that is the exact way to handle it because he's like, you know, he's actually talking to himself while he's talking to you at the same time, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but he, everything he said is factually correct and accurate. Dylan Brooks, it, you know, it's like I said just a few minutes ago and I said the other day, he could only hope to have the career Draymond Green has. When you got the kind of credentials that Draymond has, whether you like him or you don't like him, you know, he, he's got the resume. So... What are you surprised he's going to talk? He's an instigator. He's a provocateur on the floor. That sounded pretty cool when I said that, didn't it? Provocateur I mean, on the yeah. floor. I mean, I didn't mean to say it. It just right. kind of happened like right. that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I'm Draymond Green and I've got what he's got, championships and medals and money and fame and oh yeah, I got my own podcast where I can talk my own, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm a talk. That's what he does. Yeah. It's the character that he is. Right. And, and I think that, listen, I like the Memphis Grizzlies swagger. I do. I like it. Um, I, I like that they get under people's skin, you know, in on the floor. Um, but be careful. I always say, be careful what you do. And, you know, it reminds me of actually another instance with Draymond. It was Paul Pierce. So Paul Pierce, do you remember the Paul Pierce Draymond thing? Tell me more. So, Paul Pierce played with the Clippers at this time. Okay. And I don't know who he was talking to. On Oh, it was Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. And Draymond was guarding Blake Griffin. This is on like a nationally televised game. Mm-hmm. And Paul is on the bench. This is late in his career. And I like Paul, right? I mean, I worked with Paul. I, I'm cool with Paul. But Paul, but. Pe- Paul Pierce says to Draymond, hey, BG, he can't guard you, right, to Blake. And Draymond hears him. And then Draymond starts yapping right back to him. And it was like, he said something to him like, you're not even on the floor. He goes, and then he goes, and what, what, are, you, what are you doing playing for them anyway? What are you trying to have some like, um, what was it he said? You're trying to have some, because um, um, it was a retirement tour? They don't love you like that. You're, who do you think you are, Kobe? You're, they don't love you like that. And Paul Pierce didn't say another word. And Paul Pierce is one guy who never backed down from a trash talk. So let me get this straight. What you're saying is, is that if you're a fan... And right, you and by NBA the way, fan, Paul Pierce is an NBA champion and NBA Finals MVP. So if what I'm saying is, Dylan Brooks, just be careful what you're doing with someone like Draymond Green. No, no, it's smart by Dylan Brooks. It's a good move by Dylan Brooks. You, you got to go big game hunting. In other words, if you want to get your name out there and you want to get famous, you don't go after some guy who's sitting on the end of the bench. You go after a big star. And you get the big star, in this case, Draymond, to talk about you. And that creates rivalry. This is where you started this whole conversation. That if you're an NBA fan, you should love this sort of stuff. This is the drama that is so entertaining about this league. You also started off by saying so many guys, old-timers, hate the fact that the players all fraternize together. They, they're, they're friendly with these guys. You know, you see players after a football game, they're all out at the 50-yard line. They're all kneeling. They're holding hands. They're praying together. They're exchanging jerseys. Before games, they're all, you know, pals and hugging it out. You know, people want these guys to all hate each other, but they don't anymore. 
And now you got things like this happening. Yeah, yeah no, it's very that, entertaining. That, that, yeah, that's what what I was going to dismount with was you better be careful if you're Dylan Brooks. You know, you you know, you're you're biting off more than you can chew. But for my entertainment purposes, go ahead, young yeah. fella. Yeah, go, go ahead, go do uh, it. And, and by the way, I don't mind the competitiveness. Like we saw it last weekend with Luka Doncic and Devin Booker. Now those two teams clearly hate each other for a reason. I can tell you a story on the other side, which I will, about how insane that rivalry really has gotten. Um, but Devin Booker said it the other day. He was talking about the old heads like Michael Thompson too. You, know, you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly. Friendly. There you go. We got. You know, we got. We got some smoke. Do you think that traces back to the playoffs last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just two competitors going at it. Um, like I just said, you got everybody speaks on you know how friendly the NBA is now, and and don't like that. And you know, I have no problem with Luca um, on or off the court, but you know, when we're competing, we're competing. Exactly. So, but I'll tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story that I've only told once on television on the day of this game that I had uh, between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm going to relay you the story of how much, how serious those two teams have a dislike for each other in regards to how, or how competitive. I wouldn't say that dislike, how competitive they are against each other. Then I can't can't fight this this feeling feeling anymore. Yeah. I've forgotten, forgotten what, what I I'm started fighting, fighting for. I love REO Speedwagon. Still to this day, I love REO Speedwagon. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Because I can't fight this feeling anymore. Good song. Good song. I've forgotten what I started fighting for, Cappy. You know that last night, George, I was uh, sitting in bed, and this is about, uh, I don't know, 10.30 at night or so. I got my phone in my hands, and I get a notification on my phone Mm -hmm. that uh, Unique, the queen, Mm -hmm. is doing an Instagram Live. She and the boo last night. Again. We're doing a live. Tag team, back again. Yeah, they got like a whole act they're doing now, you know? They're They're like like, Captain and Tennille is what you're saying? Yeah, it's kind of more like (laughs) Regis and Kelly. Okay. You know what I mean? Right? Regis uh, is dead, so that's not a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. It was like uh, Ryan, Kelly and Ryan before Ryan left. Yeah. And, uh, And the queen last night was, you know, she's taking requests. You know, this is during her Instagram live. Yeah. And somebody told the queen and the boo last night that they don't think that we're good singers on the air, George. Oh, okay. Now, I mean, I don't think we're good singers either, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of like being in the shower. Yeah. You know, you're just in the shower and you start singing. Yeah. You know, you hear a song, you feel it, you just start singing. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, for those of you that don't think we're good singers, I don't think, well, no, I'll, I'll tell you this. You ready, George? Yeah. You know what you should tell people who don't think we're good singers? Go to hell. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. If you don't like it, go to hell. Going to keep Laura, singing. Laura and the boo last night. Drinking, spinning records, taking requests. Spinning records? Oh, yeah, dude. They take requests. She's shaking her head. Am I wrong, well, I like playing records, but definitely not spinning. I wish I would be spinning records. That'd yeah, but you're taking requests, right? Yeah, I mean, we did like a couple's version of Late Night with Laura. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you got to see. I need when to the start boo. watching. Well, I was asleep early as hell yesterday. You got to see. If you notice, I text you something about pickle. I, I what was it? Was it pickleball? Yeah, I text you about pickleball 
at like eight o'clock and yeah. then I dozed off and didn't text you back to like 10 after I saw your response. Right. Uh, I was but, out like a light last night. But the boo last night, you know, the boo got this big giant afro. I'm very jealous of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he took it last night and he was pulling it over to the other side. Yeah. So it looked really kind of cool. I, Laura, I like the boo. I, me and the boo are. He does love you. We're like, <laughs> we're cool, me and the boo. Yeah, you know? he does love you. It's like strangely weird. It is kind of weird. After yeah. I you know, told him how delicious he smells and I kind yeah. of yeah, see, that's freaked him out. Weird. Yeah. I know. But. So, Cappy. Yeah, tell me the story. Let me tell you, speaking of someone you'd love, you'd love Monty Williams, okay? Monty okay. Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know, Notre Dame uh, basketball player. Um, already strike one. Okay, I know because you're anti-Notre Dame. But yeah. one of the nicest gentlemen you'll ever meet, right? Okay. Came up. Way. Played for Pat Riley as a rookie, you know, didn't play, obviously, because Pat Riley didn't play, no rookies, you know, was with the Knicks. Um, you know, came up, you know, played uh, under Pop at the Spurs. That's where he got his coaching uh, opportunity on Pop's mm-hmm. bench, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Came up just the right way, one of the nicest gentlemen you'll ever meet. Uh, a man of faith, obviously, a man who's been through a lot of tragedy in his life. I don't know if you know the history of his, uh, you know, his wife passed away in a car accident, um, wow. tragically. Uh, so the man has been through a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a son. Uh, who's great kid too is going to be a baller. Like this kid is like he's already bigger than his dad. You know who played in the NBA. Like he's he's a beast. Isaiah is he better than most NBA players that uh, that the coach? I don't watches? know. Like, I, I like don't LeBron's know. LeBron's son I, is so I, much I better. I, I don't know. So don't derail me. I mean, so, LeBron's son is so much don't, better. Here. Don't don't derail me. Well, so is. anyway, so this is game one of the season for mm-hmm. us on the NBA and ESPN. It's a Wednesday night. So TNT has the Tuesday. We have the with the Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it's Dallas and Phoenix. Right, first game since that game seven that Phoenix got blown out on their home floor against the Dallas Mavericks, right? Okay, I'm with you. So, producer says to me, George, I need you to ask Monty because I want you to do your report um, in the pre-hit, in the pre the, mm-hmm. the hit before the game tips, um, about what his response is to playing this team again in game one. And Believe so, it or not, I actually remember this. I can't believe you're telling... I do remember this. Keep going. So, I, I said... You know, I'm like, okay. He's like, you know, and if someone asks him before, then don't worry about it. Just use whatever answer he gives. So it was me, Mark Jones, and Mark Jackson doing this game. And, man, the whole thing is is like we're in there for 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nobody asks him this question. I'm just like, damn. I got to ask him a question about a team that blew him out of the water on his home floor in Game 7. You don't the, like that. You don't want to be that guy to ask that question, right? Huh? Of course, I don't want to ask that question. Come I mean, on. I know what I know what the answer is going to be. Okay, What's the answer. He did surprise me. I I, I thought I knew what the answer was going to be. Now again, very Monty is both honest, but yet mild mannered in the sense of like he's always very courteous, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I asked him. I said, Coach, look, I know, you know, I got to ask you this question because we got to talk about it in my first hit. You know. Um, you know, does this game mean anything? I mean, a little extra because of the way things ended last season. I know it's only game one of this season, different season, but does it mean any different? And he stares at me Ooh. and he goes, and I'm already going like, whoa, this is different. This is not the Monty Williams I know. Yeah, this seems uncomfortable already. Uh-huh. And he goes, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? And I go, I said, well, I think I got my answer. And he's like, Man, I would have played the game that next day. And then he cursed. <laughs> like, he never curses. He ble- he, do- he dropped an S-bomb. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he's like, I was so bleeping mad after that game. I oh, I wanted to play it the next day if we could. And then he goes, you feel me? And I was just like, yeah, I feel you, coach. 
And then everybody in the room started, Mark Jackson just starts laughing. And then he's like, and then he kind of snapped out of it. He's like, he's like, oh man, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to, you know, I didn't mean to get like that. I'm like, I'm like, no, coach is good. So yeah, like those those teams are competitive against each other. It's a good place in the NBA when Draymond is 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 snapping back at Dylan Brooks. And those teams don't like each other. I think, it, it, to your point, it helps sell the league. Now, well, I just want to say that Monty Williams sounds like my kind of guy because there's two phrases in there that I love to use all the time. What's Number that? one, what do you think? Yeah. I love to say, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think is the kind of phrase that when somebody's saying something, yeah. you put it right back on? Well, what do you think? Yeah. And then they answer your question and then you, they go, and then you go, but what do you think? And it just drives people crazy when you just keep throwing at them, what do you think? The other one is, are you feeling me? Yeah. That's a great phrase. Like, do you understand what I'm getting at? Yes or no? Yeah. Are you, Shidano, yeah. feeling me? Yeah. So I told that story on television, and it was it, it got uh, a great uh, response because mm-hmm. it's so, like, not what he normally is. So, mm-hmm. But it's just another example of how those teams are super competitive against each other. Well, I, I love seeing uh, Devin Booker the other night. You know, he's kind of saying something to the referees, kind of he's pointing into the paint. He's saying it's a charge. Yeah. Right. And against Luca, Luca. Yeah. Luca's standing over there. And then before you know it, you know, Booker kind of gets up into Luca's face. And instead of Luca immediately like putting his hands on him, nah, head no, forehead to forehead. Yeah. And and laughing at yeah. him, like smiling at him. Yeah. Like, I got you where I want you. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's great to see young stars. As Booker said, you guys wanted. You guys are always complaining that we're all too friendly. Yeah. Well, now you got the smoke you wanted. Yeah. Now, speaking of young stars, I have mm-hmm. a plea for Andrew Friedman. Now, I've told you on this show, I believe Andrew Friedman is the smartest executive I've ever encountered. Okay? You've told me that. It doesn't really, you know, eh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the man is brilliant. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have to think he's brilliant. I, I, you know, we can have uh, reasonable people can disagree. How about well, that? Well, what do you think? I mean, I think he's brilliant. You feeling me? Yeah, I'm feeling it. All right, keep going. Yeah. So, I do have a plea for him, though. Andrew Friedman, plea. Yeah. If he's listening right now, and Which maybe he probably is, maybe on the app. You know, they're in Phoenix. They're in you know Arizona right now. Right. Doesn't mean he's there. Camelback. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I'm guessing he's there. Is my guess. Probably listening right now. Could be on the app. Everybody yeah. listen. You should listen on the ESPN LA app. By the way, when the sunset goes down, you should yeah. absolutely listen on the app, especially if you live out in the IE uh, where it's a little harder to hear through the crackles or whatever. The app, crystal clear stereo, baby. But, and I know people complain, well, it's like a minute or two behind. Okay, well, it's a stream. What do you want me to do? But anyway, here's my plea to Andrew Friedman. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm listening. You need to play the young guys as much as possible this season. Okay? Particularly, mm-hmm. James Outman. Okay. In the having outfield. A ni- having a nice spring. Yeah. Hot spring. Not mm-hmm. nice. Hot. Mm-hmm. Hot caliente. Mm-hmm. Okay? We caliente, see. Sí. Okay? And we saw in his brief time last season, big pop, big moments. He's ready. Okay? And we'll talk to Blake about this in about 45 minutes. The other guy I want to see? Mm-hmm. Miguel Vargas. Okay? With Gavin Lux, I know that Muncie's going to play third. Okay? But what I'm saying is, on the days months he's not playing third and he's like DH or something, I need to see some Miguel Vargas in my life. Okay, you do. You got to have that, huh? I do because I think, I, I think that now you know people is will that say because he's from Cuba. He he's actually Cuban. I don't believe he's actually from Cuba. I think he was born in Havana. 
Yeah, but I think he's like one of those like born in Havana and came as like a baby kind of thing. I know, but come on, it counts. I mean, it is. I mean, he was, but like he's not like he's Cuban because he was born there, but you know, he grew up in the States, I believe. I mean, is he different Cuban than your Cuban? No, he's actually more Cuban than my Cuban. Oh, okay, gotcha. So you're less Cuban than Miguel Vargas. 100% he was born there. Gotcha. In La Tierra. I was not. By the way, I'm more Jewish than Jock Peterson, who's playing on Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic, just to be clear, everybody. Okay, fair enough. Because here's the thing. I, I First of all, I love, there's a story that we can get into with Blake yeah. about how Mookie Betts is mentoring Miguel Vargas. Mm-hmm. I, I love, first of all, that Mookie's doing this. Number one, like, you know this in professional sports, Cappy. Not everybody's into mentoring. I mean, That's Brett, right. Brett Favre famously did not want to mentor Aaron Rodgers, okay? Right. Don't like guys that are trying to take your job. I don't think Mookie's too worried about Vargas taking his job. Correct. But you are, you know how insecure sports can be, even at the highest levels, right? Mm-hmm. Like with these guys. So I love all of that. I just think that this is the year the Dodgers need to try to balance winning with development because I think it will serve them better in the long term, okay? okay. But we can get into that stuff with Blake. We got to take a break. We got what you need to know coming up. We also got to get into how the Duran injury affects the Western Conference. We'll do that next.